Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello and welcome. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Serenity Wright, the Associate Director for Social Innovation for the Office of Technology and Commercialization at the University of Kentucky. Serenity develops and manages new innovation and entrepreneurship programs focused on inclusive innovation and creating equitable access to entrepreneurship and innovation training for underrepresented innovators at the university and in Kentucky. Serenity earned her doctorate from the University of Kentucky in policy, measurement, and evaluation. Serenity's research interests include equity and access to opportunities. Serenity employs a hard science approach through a lens of cultural competency for her theoretical orientation. She is passionate about advocating for those who struggle to access opportunities available for them. Serenity taught high school for eight years, served as the Associate Dean for Diversity and International Students at Transylvania University, worked in city government, and served as the Gatton Honors Pathway Director and Co-Director for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for the Gatton College of Business and Economics. And with that extremely impressive background, welcome to the podcast, Serenity. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm really excited to have you here, Serenity, and thank you so much again for taking part in the podcast. I generally like to start the podcast off by asking my guests about their journey to tech transfer. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in Lexington and at the University of Kentucky? Yeah, you know, I've actually giggled a lot about this question lately or the idea about being in tech transfer um, since the autumn conference, because I thought, how did I get here? (laughs) You know, this wasn't something that I sought out or even knew was a thing. And I think that's critical and important because most of the researchers that I work with are not aware of what we can do in tech transfer or how we can support them, right? So I can empathize with like, a little of the skepticism or the weariness about why, who are you? What do you, what do you want to do with my, with my idea? Right. Um, but so I, I was born in Lexington, Kentucky. I was born here, um, but was raised in Indonesia. So my dad is Chinese Indonesian. So I, I identify as biracial, um, and lean very heavily into my, um, ethnic background. Um, I lived and taught in, Cape Town, but also had research grants um, in mainland China, Taiwan, and Tunisia. I did my Fulbright back in Indonesia. Um, and I bring those things up because I do feel like every place that I've lived and worked, every community has shaped how I understand what I'm doing now, right? Um, I My master's is in curriculum and instruction. Um, and as you mentioned in the opening, my doctorate is in policy measurement and evaluation. And I do think it creates a unique understanding for me around how community meets systems, capital S, right? 
Um, but I started my professional career in um, education. I taught in the public school system for years um, and then transitioned into higher ed, served on a president's cabinet for an institution, and then worked in city government for a little bit in policy and compliance. Um, and then came to the University of Kentucky for the Gatton College of Business and Economics um, as the director for their advanced undergraduate programs, um, all of which were grounded in social innovation um, and served on the dean's leadership team um, as the senior diversity director. Um, but I had been partnering with Ian and his team in the Office of Technology Commercialization for years. Um, and when this position opened, I reached back out to him and just said, well, how is this person going to help me? <laughs> I need to understand who is going, who is this and what are they doing? And I need them to be my best friend. Um, and turns out here I am. I'm my own best friend. That's awesome. And let's talk about your position because you're the Associate Director for Social Innovation at UK. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that UK is one of the first tech transfer offices in the U.S. to have a dedicated social innovation unit. So before we get to that, though, um, I wanted to ask, can you tell us for maybe some of the listeners who are not familiar with social innovation exactly what it is? Yeah, I think I do think this is a uh, sticky wicket, right? I think everybody kind of defines social innovation differently, even even on our own campus. For me, as the as the leader of this unit, I am defining social innovation as innovations for sustained social impact. Full stop, right? Um, and I I do think that means different things in different places. We are definitely um, early leaders in this field, but that's part of what drew me to the position, right? Is that not only not only do we as the University of Kentucky have a chance to step out even further as a as a leader as a trailblazer, but um, also because it is it is unique, it's different um, than what we're doing. There are schools that have social innovation units, um, but everybody kind of does it a little bit differently. Um, not everybody has the same leading priorities, right? I would say many of us kind of fit in the same three ideas. There's research, there's students, there's some kind of community component, but how we prioritize those changes, changes our metrics, changes how we lead in that space. Um, there are several schools that I've partnered with for years that are solely focused internally, right, on on student development around social innovation. So I do think, again, as we think about social innovation as innovations for sustained social impact and how we are pushing our campus towards that, we are definitely an early leader in that field. Um, but we, we have some great friends that I think are going to help us accelerate this across the nation. So, Sereni, let's take a step back. And I wanted to ask you if you could share with us, if you could, what ultimately led to the formation of this social innovation unit? I think you're definitely paving the way. And I'd be curious if you could also share with us why UK thought it was important to establish this special unit. Yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge the progressive administration and leaders on campus within tech transfer, within you know, UK research and within central admin because the position didn't just appear, right? This has been a while in the works. Um, so to be, to truly step back and think back two or three years ago and to be visionary about what do we need to be doing differently, I think is what makes this special. You know, I've, I've been telling people 
recently, when I first started at Gatton, um, I was working with a with a faculty member, with a researcher, building social innovation inside of Gatton, and that he was getting ready to move across the country. And we had worked together at a previous institution. And so I felt like I was losing my safety blanket, right? And so before he left, he said, he said to me, well, go, go talk to Ian McClure. He'll help you. And I said, who's that? Right. And, <laughs> you know, you try to briefly explain to me what, what the office of technology commercialization did. And I still didn't really understand. So I emailed Ian and just said, Hey, Dr. So-and-so said you could help me. Are you willing to have a conversation with me? And in full Ian fashion, he was like, absolutely come by my office. Let's talk. And so we sit down and he says, well, how can I help you? And I said, I don't know. He said you would help me. So fix it. <laughs> if everything was that easy. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but we had this really organic conversation around social innovation. And what I was seeing for students, what I was seeing really from the education side of how we teach and think about social innovation on campus, did we truly have an infrastructure of support for students um, what was actually existing on campus for students to be involved and engaged in outside of a class project. And that, so, you know, we talked about the holes I saw. Um, we talked about the dreams, things that I would love to see. But we also talked about what what did I need in this immediate moment? And some of those things we were able to put in place immediately. And then we just kind of rolled along, right, for the last couple of years, still very much in partnership, still very much in step from our two different offices. Um, and then I saw the position post and I reached out to him and just said, again, I need this to be my best friend. And so we started talking about, okay, well, if I'm the only one in a college that is doing social innovation, what do I need this person to do? Right. And that, so again, we were back to this very organic conversation about what is this vision? So when we, when you say to me, take a step back, I'm still at three years ago <laughs> when we had this very first yep. conversation of, what could this even be, right? Absolutely. Um, but what I think it's important to acknowledge is that the University of Kentucky knows that we have researchers who have been creating disruptive solutions for social impact, social justice, and the common good through their social innovation research. This is not new to the campus, right? We recognize that as an institution, we have not intentionally supported their efforts. So in establishing a social innovation unit, we're committing the resources necessary to advance these innovations forward. That's resources with a capital R, right? So it's not just me. It's not just having a performative person in the office, but how are we, how are we shifting funding for research on campus and, and within that larger ecosystem of funding that we as an institution have access to? How are we creating programming of support, not just for our students, but for our faculty as well, to help them think about social innovation for sustained research, right? I try not to use the commercialization word. Um, but how are we also thinking about resources that are going to advance support and develop their innovations, right? Maybe, maybe they just need me to help facilitate access to a larger research group. Maybe they just need me to facilitate some experiential learning with community nonprofits in their office, right? But how are we creating access and removing barriers 
to enhance social innovation that is already happening on campus so that the researchers don't feel like I'm in this alone, right? right? It's time for us to intentionally build that ecosystem of support. And so by intentionally advancing social innovation, it's critical as we think about how we're going to build sustainable communities. Absolutely. Right? It's critical for how we think about how are we elevating innovations that disrupt community systems, capital S, and those systems that are specifically creating obstacles and barriers to entry. And these things are necessary in order to meet the needs of our communities, right? And ultimately, as as an institution, as a um, land-grant institution, that is, that is our mission. That is our goal. And so social innovation is critical for, for the development, not just on our campus, right? Not just of our researchers, but of the communities in which we are connected and responsible for and are, are accountable to. Absolutely. So I was wondering, uh, Soren, if you could tell us a little bit or give us somewhat of a general overview of the unit, and then maybe we'll talk about it in a little bit more detail after that. Sure. So the general purpose of the unit, right, is to advance UK research. It really is ground. It starts with our faculty, right? Um, And that's innovation that's high potential for social impact, whether that's through partnerships, whether that's through creating a social venture, whether it's through entrepreneurship, or again, just a facilitation and and community enhancement, right? But we support the tools for for those innovations um, and whatever that might be. Um, sometimes I think because I'm tied to the tech transfer office, the idea of, well, I'm not building an app or a product or anything that lives within pharmaceuticals. So therefore you're not for me. Yeah. Um, and that's not it, right? It can, it can be anything, um, anything that's going towards, again, that sustained social impact idea. So that's one, right? The, the UK research piece is one part. Um, the other part is, is to be their buddy. You know, I've leaned heavily on that opening keynote from General Honore because I just think he landed it so beautifully within social innovation and prob- may- he may or may not have known that's what he was doing, right? But what he talked, what the general talked about was how do we, how do we partner to support our communities and how are we thinking about the impact that our innovations have and what we're carrying forward? So, um, you know, I, my unit, this unit is meant to be a friend, a true partner in this process, right? I, I don't ever want to, to send an email or to tell a faculty member like, well, just go, go off and do that, right? I'm, I'm going to do that with you, um, for their new idea, for their innovation, um, anything with high potential, right? For social impact, um, and market adoption. And then we're going to leverage our IP team and our, our commercialization team, right? So we will support you with market landscape analysis. We will help you with guidance around, around your intellectual property and how to make sure that you are recognized and acknowledged for, for that intellectual property and, and for, to pr- help you be protected in that. Um, but we have a whole team of people that are going to support our faculty in those initiatives. Well, I think, Serenity, that was a great overview of your unit. And I'd like to drill down, if we could, and and have you provide us some more specific detail about what exactly the unit's going to be doing. Yeah, I think this is the biggest question for every institution right now that's considering social innovation on their campus, right? How do do we actually do the thing? Um, And uh, so I'll go back to that opening piece about, you know, there are institutions who are doing this, but 
you need to acknowledge the lens of your institution and and then build your priorities around that. So that would be a piece of advice for anybody who's starting. We are a research one institution. So we are going to do this. We are going to enhance social innovation through three primary buckets, faculty research, experiential learning, and community engagement. So within faculty research, again, that's supporting faculty to um, develop their innovations, right? Through their research, they are coming up with solutions. And I want to take their solution and help put that in the community, help scale the impact of that solution in the community. Many of them are already accessing, right, and creating impact, but I want to help them scale that impact beyond whatever they could even imagine, but then allow that research to be self-sustaining, right? So that we can continue to expand on what we're doing. Um, The other piece about faculty research is also providing them with facilitation support to other um, research populations that they might need, right? I'm, I'm also getting that request from our faculty as well, that I, I need access to more people who fit this, right? And I, I can help facilitate that for them. Um, the experiential learning piece um, secretly is my favorite part, right? <laughs> this is where we're training the pipeline to think about social innovation in terms of sustainable communities. Um, teaching our students how to truly apply their content knowledge, regardless of the major that they're in, for social impact, social justice, and the common good, right? So I partner with faculty um, to provide um, opportunities through their courses for students to apply that content knowledge in real-world experiences, um, partner them with faculty for class projects, um, and then additionally, just to support with course material in general, whether that's to teach a you know, one-time workshop around social innovation or help them with course materials where they can plug it in, where they can plug it in on their own. Um, and then the last piece is community engagement. And the biggest piece about this, I think, is that it has to be done um, truly as a two-way street. And I keep thinking there's a better term for that. But um, it can't just be about faculty out in the community. Our communities have solutions right? Our communities have answers. What they don't always have is, is the academic, the research background to be able to bring that solution to light or on a larger scale. Um, so I've got to take the faculty to the community, right? But I've also got to bring the community-based solutions to our faculty who can help them prove proof of concept and really scale that out into something that is going to disrupt the systems of which we're living in. So. That was really amazing, Serenity. And, and I'm curious for our listeners um, who are from other institutions, if you might have some advice for them in terms of what they could do to get more social innovations um, disclosed to their offices. <laughs> you know, I think this is harder than, than maybe people think or imagine. Right? Absolutely. I would think it is, actually. Because we, we've been working on disclosures in deep tech in healthcare Exactly. For years, mm-hmm. Right. And we are really just at a point in the last several years where where people are choosing to opt in on their own. Right. And we're not having to convince them of the why. Right. It's something that they're seeking. And so I think in social innovation, we're on the front end of that education and awareness curve. So um, I, <laughs> my advice to people has been start with one. Right. Start with one. And when you get the one you will know how else it's supposed to work on at your institution, 
right? Because again, all of our relationships, we're all leveraging this in very different ways and our offices are set up very differently. So when you get that first person to disclose, figure it out, right? Ask them, why did you choose to trust me? I will take a step back from that and and tell people to check the lens first in which you're asking them to participate in the process. We know our disclosure form is not social innovation friendly. We are working on that. I bet. Um, and yeah. it's, you know, when you when you work to change a process and a system at any level, it's never just as easy as like, oh, all done, <laughs> right? If it were only that easy. Right, <laughs> right. So, um, and this has proven to be much harder than we could have ever imagined. Um, so, but what's important for me is that I wasn't the one who had to identify this as the problem. The team knew before I ever said, hey, I don't love this form. Like this is not (laughs) social innovation friendly, right? So when they were teaching me about the structures in the office, they led with, we are confident this probably won't work for you. We're working on that, but help us with what we need, right? And moments like that in the first four to six weeks was when I knew I I was with a great team, right? Because I wasn't having to teach them about the why. I wasn't having to sell the why. They knew, right? They don't necessarily always know how to make it work, right? That's the conversation that we have is what needs to change, but they know it needs to change. So check your lens um, in which your systems are set up. Is it social innovation friendly? Is it friendly for your researchers who are coming from the social sciences, the humanities, the arts? Is the language in there friendly? Are the questions appropriate for what you're asking? Is everything listed as technology, invention, right? They're going to, if the language and the rhetoric that's being used is not what you are likely to see from those colleges, then change the rhetoric so that it's more inclusive, so that it expands the opportunities that they can see available to them. Then more will start coming in, right? Um, But so both of those things have to be done in tandem. You've got to check your lens. So my advice would be one, check your lens. One B, get one. (laughs) And then ask that, do your customer discovery, right? Ask that one why they chose to opt in with you. I think that's great advice. And and, uh, another piece of advice I'm going to ask you about. So I can, I can hear the next question being, okay, I got, I got my one in the door. Uh, how do I get my university, my institution now to support these social innovations? I've got one, I want to get more. And how do I get my university behind it? Um, it can't be performative, right? It can't be performative. And again, I think that's where we as an institution not only have said this is important to us, but we are putting the resources behind it to not only make sure our researchers on campus know this is important to us as a campus, but to also set us up to lead the field around best practices, right? So um, Ian led a great talk on how to train your dragon, right? And in all the institutions who, who talked about how do you train your leadership to think about social innovation? Um, and I would say if, if the question is, how do I make the case for the why? Keep it grounded in impact, right? What are the impact metrics that you know can come out of this? You don't necessarily need to have them. But if your role as an institution is to create sustainable communities, whether that's through creating jobs or decreasing smoking in your community, um, or maybe it's providing a service to 
a particular group within the community, right? So if I'm working with at-risk youth, right? And I'm going to, our faculty are going to work on a proof of concept model around a teen center grounded in a community. How many lives could I potentially change or impact? What is the generational change that I am making in that space by providing educational support, by providing mentoring and coaching, by providing financial classes so, so students understand or college college application workshops so students understand, right? What is that larger impact, the secondary, the tertiary impact of one, one innovation? Use those stories, use those metrics to create your why. Now, maybe you don't have to sell the why, right? I, I do think I've, I've been hearing more people are like, yes, we understand, we know we need to do this, but how do we get support, you know, the boots on the ground type of support to make it actually happen? And this is where I go back to it can't be performative, right? If you have funding available for your deep tech and your pharmaceuticals, equal funding has to be available for your social innovations. If you have accelerators and incubators for your deep tech and pharmaceuticals, you've got to have accelerators and incubators here too, right? And it, so I think, is again, check your lens. What are we offering and how do we mirror that for social innovation? It's not always going to look the same. But how do we mirror the opportunity for success on both sides? Now, Serenity, we want to switch gears a little bit and ask you, is there one particular thing that you're looking forward to implementing at UK to help advance uh, social innovation engagement? All things. <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. All things. <laughs> you weren't going to just give me one. You're going for the whole kit and caboodle, so to speak. That's right. I work for Ian McClure. In case you don't know him, he does all things at all times, right? We do, we're, we're going to do it all. Um, there's no just one thing. But no, seriously, establishing the ecosystem is what I'm most excited about, right? So if, if the ecosystem is my one thing that I'm looking forward to implementing, um, I'm most excited about all the pieces that come with that right? Because it feels like a community hug. I'm a big hugger. I love hugs. I love hugs too. And I missed that during COVID. Oh, so much so. You know, I met with a faculty member yesterday and she hugged me and she said, I've forgotten how huggable you are. And that was truly the best compliment I've had since March, 2020. Um, But that ecosystem of support is truly so critical. Um, And while I think we have elements that are ready, right? We've not actually established or implemented the full ecosystem. And and that community hug is what I'm most excited about. That's awesome. And I wanted to turn back to Renny, and you mentioned your team before, and I wanted to see if you could tell us a little bit more about them and if they're available to be cloned because they sound pretty amazing. Oh, they are truly amazing. I love my team. Um, my team doesn't always love me, but I love my team. I have lots of questions. Um, <laughs> I joked with people yesterday that I felt like I earned a badge of honor um, because in meeting with our intellectual properties director, he told me that I asked very difficult questions that are really hard to answer when thinking about tech transfer. And I felt like I won, right? Like I stumped the IP guy. <laughs> Being a patent attorney, anytime anybody stumps us, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Very good. See, thank you, thank you. Um, I genuinely walked away from that conversation <laughs> like oh, I win. <laughs> I um, would say you definitely won. <laughs> thank you, but no, truly, I love every minute with this team. Now, d- don't get me wrong; I've never worked so hard in my life. Like 
never in my life. But I love, I love what I, I'm doing. Um, I love walking through this mental challenge with people who aren't afraid to, to be engaged in all the questions, right? Um, they're not, they don't hear the questions as, um, as criticism or judgment. It's truly, it truly feels like how can we all come together to make this work? Um, and I think what makes our team different is a, it's a team, right? We're not, we're not cradle to grave. I don't need to know everything there is to know about IP. Um, I don't need everything. I don't need to know everything there is to know about licensing or contracts because I was very clear that I don't know anything about these things. Um, but what makes us unique, other than not being cradle to grave, uh, is that we're comfortable at various levels living in the gray and living in the gray together, right? And and I'm quick to be clear that we're all at different levels of comfort in that gray but we're still all on the grayscale together. So, you know, we have this amazing commercialization team that's led by Eric Hartman. Um, and they're not afraid to say, hey, we've got this deep tech innovation over here that we've been working on, but we really feel like there could be a social impact element to this. Are you willing to come in and just talk or just listen or just see what you think? Um, and so as innovations old and new, right? Things that are coming in, things that have been there forever. And they get assigned and we talk about who should lead this process. Sometimes it's me and sometimes it's not. Um, sometimes it starts as someone else and then I come in later to enhance or elevate or to just look at it from a different lens because I don't come from a from a STEM background, right? I've been telling the commercialization managers like, you all are Batman. I'm Robin. <laughs> That's a great analogy. I am happy. Um, thanks. I feel very firmly in my superhero analogies. Um, <laughs> I I have no problem being support. I have no problem leading. And as a team, we fluctuate in that space very well, right? Similarly, like if you were to watch the best presentation you've ever seen and the team flows seamlessly through that presentation, that's what I feel like we do, right? Um, we f- we include each other. We incorporate each other. Um, we lean on each other as a team to ask for help. Um, and again, none of us stand alone, right? If you look at our org chart, the way our organizational chart is actually structured, it does look like I'm standing alone. Um, but I don't do anything by myself, right? I don't have any conversation without... RIP director. I don't have any conversation. I don't provide any advice without also double checking with the commercialization team, right? I'm looking at experiential learning projects for the fall with some faculty and I've already engaged our contracts team to make sure that we're all set up on the back end. And that nobody has ever said, you know, that's the fall. I don't have time for that. We'll, we'll get to that later. We have plenty of time or, you know, you should really be, you should really know the answer to that. Everybody has truly sat down and said, yeah, let's, Let's build this together. And I think that's what makes our team so great. Yeah, it sounds like it's an absolutely wonderful group to work with. So congratulations. And um, I'm curious, what would you say, um, given all that, two of your team's biggest challenges are? Well, we're a team and we're a very big team. Um, And I think (laughs) when you're working with social innovations, these tend to be a little bit more personal to the researcher um, 
than a, than a drug or an app or something like that, right? The research behind why they got into creating that drug could absolutely be personal, right? But that pill itself is not personal. Whereas typically with social innovations, the solution, the actual innovation itself is the labor of love. So because we're not cradle to grave, which is our greatest strength, um, I think it is also our current challenge because not only do I have to convince the faculty member to trust me, to be vulnerable with me, right? And then once I get them there, I go, okay, well, now we need to share this secret with somebody else, right? I just got you to buy into our secret handshake and now I need you to trust somebody else, right? Oh, wait, so you're cool with that guy? Now we need support from over here. And that's scary, very, right? Like, very. Especially when you're early in the process and you don't have a whole lot of things where you, even if I do feel like I have a whole lot of things, but I can't actually talk about any of the things, right? So when they say to me, when they want a reference or they say to me, who else have you done this with? I can't answer them, right? And I just stick with, do you trust me? And the weight of that, and then they're just staring at me over Zoom, like, sure. I'm like, okay, we're, we're going to come back to this in a couple of weeks. We'll try again. Um, so one, I think our biggest challenge is that we are a big team. But the second piece is that trust. Um, and again, not with my team, but with the ecosystem, right? They've are, This is not new. Social innovation is not new to researchers. It's not new to our faculty, but they've been doing this on their own forever, right? They've always had to work on their own to to get the grant, to bring it to market, to make a difference, to tell their story, right? They've always had to advocate for their self, right? And I'm confident for many of them, at so many different points, the Sisyphean task has changed, but it has continued to be Sisyphean. So here I appear like, oh, well, let me carry that rock for a little bit. And they're like, why Why would I let you do that? Like, this is what I understand. This is what I know. Please don't touch that rock, <laughs> Right. It's Definitely. Like when I get out of the car with all the stuff and the kids are like, can I help you carry something? Please don't touch me. Like I'm balanced. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. It's like, no, I got it. Just, you're going to upset the balance and I'm going to fall on my face. So yeah, just yes. leave me alone. Yeah. Yes. And that is the level of trust that we're talking about that we're asking for. And this isn't done overnight. Right. So team and trust. Well, good luck with, uh, with both of those, but I, I, it sounds like you guys will definitely get there. So, um, so I want to switch gears a little bit because I understand that there's a new autumn special interest group for social innovation that's in the process of being created. I was wondering if you could give us kind of a sneak peek about this new SIG and possibly tell us who people should contact if they're listening to this episode and they're interested in participating. Yes. Um, again, I'm going to go back to the general at the opening session of autumn. And he said, when people, when there's a critical time for change, right, you have to be able to accelerate. So for me, social innovation is at its tipping point. We are at a critical time for change. We have to be positioned to accelerate, not just as individual institutions, but as a recognized contributor to tech transfer and innovation transfer. So this special interest group is about creating that ecosystem surrounding innovations for sustained social impact, social justice, and the common good. This is about a community of practice to intentionally 
support innovations within all areas of our campus, but specifically those that have been historically marginalized in terms of innovation development, right? So social sciences, humanities, arts, people, education, economics, all of it, right? Um, Julia, Julia Black refers to them as the shape colleges. Social innovation is rapidly emerging within the U.S. as a field of recognized interest. There are some areas with a proven track record of success, right? I can highlight several schools, um, but the majority are just starting and some just starting the thinking about it process, not even the doing process, right? So my hope, my dream for this special interest group is that it will allow for mentorship, for guidance, um, for the sharing of best practices, to allow the field to build our own ecosystem of support, our own our own community hug around each other. So we're not constantly reinventing the wheel, right? That's actually the anti of what we're supposed to be teaching about, right? Absolutely. Um, so as we work to grow awareness um, and engagement of social innovation, specifically for innovation transfer and the commercialization of innovations, it's critical that there is a group to generate empowerment and to enhance the initiatives forward, right? Where can people look for for best practices or turn to for help or get support or vent? Because this is not going to be easy for anybody, right? No, definitely not. So I would encourage anybody that's interested in being a part of this conversation to to reach out to me. Um, And I'm happy to get them added to to our email list before our e-group gets gets formally established. I'm happy to have a conversation. I'm always happy to make time to talk with anybody about where they are in the process and how we can help. But um, we're, we're going to do it together. That's what this special interest group is about. That's great. That's fantastic. And any timetable for when the, the SIG might be formed? Yes. So all formal paperwork and signatures have been submitted, um, not just for the first round, but for the full round of signatures that we needed to have for the year. So very thankful to all of the people who stepped up at Autumn to say, yes, we acknowledge that we need this and we're behind it and let's do it together. Um, We go on the board uh, agenda in April for Autumn to officially approve us. So um, I'm I'm hoping to get something on the books either right before or right after that as kind of like an official kickoff webinar to bring us all together to talk about prioritizing conversations or what are some immediate needs that we have, um, additional communication channels that we we may be looking at. But um, I expect things to accelerate very quickly here in the next couple of weeks. Great. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, Serenity, I wanted to close the podcast by asking you if you could have any three wishes granted or a vision realized for your social innovation unit, what would that be? Well, I guess my big vision personally, right, selfishly, is that we as an office, that my team can be, can bring social innovation um, to the national level, right, that we can be recognized not just as a leader in a, in the field, but as a place that is modeling best practices for others to look, as a place that is um, seen as support, as a friend, as as the institution that will help you also get up 
get up on your feet in terms of social innovation. So if that's my larger vision, then I think my three, my three wishes would be um, one that impact over ROI, not just be accepted, but be preferred, right? Not just be benchmarked, but be normalized. That we look towards not just immediate impacts, but secondary and tertiary impacts of what we're creating, what we're generating, what we're putting out into the world and saying, this is for the common good, right? Um, so impact is my first wish. Impact as a, as a standard of measurement, as a standard of practice. Um, that's one. Obviously, I would love to have me personally, several social innovations come out of our research every year. Um, I'm always hesitant to put a number on this because if Ian hears it, then I'm going to be held accountable to that number. So I'm not going to put a number on that. But Don't blame you. <laughs> Don't blame you in the least. Uh, yeah, he's he's Captain America. Next thing I know, I'll be saving the planet. So <laughs> we're not. I'm just going to say innovations in general, social innovations. I want social innovations to be consistently produced by University of Kentucky Research. And I would love to see our own, I don't know if conference is the right word, but our own annual gathering where we are intentionally focused on tools, best practices, research within social innovation. And I'm not saying that necessarily has to be different. You know, maybe it doesn't need to stand alone from autumn, but enough where we have to build its own track at autumn right? Where we have IP leaders who specialize in social, in social innovation, where we have commercialization managers who specialize in social innovation, right? So that as a community of practice, we become a national standard for growth and development within our communities. Those are my three. Those are three great wishes and a fantastic vision. So thank you so much, Serenity, for sharing those. And I really can't thank you enough, Serenity, for all your insights and time today. This has been an absolute pleasure and really great to have the chance to talk social innovation with you. I'm sure there are going to be some of our listeners who are going to want to reach out and ask you some questions. So if they have those, where can they reach you? Yeah, they can reach me by my email, serenity.write at uky.edu. So that's S-E-R-E-N-I-T-Y dot W-R-I-G-H-T at uky.edu. And I hope my inbox is completely flooded. I hope it is too. And thank you so much again, Serenity. This has really been fantastic to have this opportunity to talk to you. This was so much fun. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, 
and align on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.